and tell your neighbor, re-envision. It's time to re-envision my life and your life as we prepare for a new year. The truth is that God made a, a, a demarcation between a day and another day and then a week and another week putting the Sabbath between another week What's the purpose of Sabbath is to, to pause and rest and rethink, re-envision, and try to reorder and reprioritize. That's why life is not supposed to just continue in one clean, you know, sweep, just go. That's why there's day and night. The night time is for, you know, rethinking, reordering, Refocusing. Those are some of the things we're going to be talking about this month. Re-envisioning, refocusing, reordering. So that we can get into the new year sharp. Sharp in the spirit. Sharp in our minds. Sharp in the physical. Praise God. So it's important to ask this question at this time. That can your life be lived differently? Can your life be lived differently? We're talking about re-envisioning my life and your life. Can my life be lived differently? Is there another side to this life that I have not, I'm yet to engage? There's no point going into a new year without thinking, is there another side to me that is yet to be woken up? Is there something, is there a new chapter, a new page that I'm supposed to be opening that has been dormant for a long time? Can I literally re-envision my life? Can I re-envision my life? All through the Bible, we see people who tried to re-envision their lives. Who tried to re-envision their lives. God started in Genesis chapter 1 with re-envisioning. Let's start from there. In Genesis chapter 1. When you read from verse 1, it started with re-envisioning. Yeah. Um, um, uh, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. said, The earth was without form and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Can you help me talk to your neighbor this morning and tell your neighbor, Let there be light. God saw light in the midst of darkness, re-envisioning his environment so he could declare, let there be light. God saw something different. Sometimes re-envisioning may be born out of inspirational dissatisfaction. You are not where you used to be, but you are not where you are going yet. So you are dissatisfied, but it's not the kind of dissatisfaction that leads to depression. It's the kind of dissatisfaction that becomes a tool in the hand of the Holy Spirit to inspire you for more and for a new page to be opened. You know, there's a way you can look at your life and you lack the capacity to re-envision it. I mean, look at what God saw in Genesis 1. The Bible says the earth was without form and void. Darkness covered the face of the deep. Yeah. Somebody asked, somebody's probably thinking, you have to be a God to be able to re-envision that kind of situation. Yeah. And that's why God lives in you and lives in me. That's why you have the Holy Ghost. 
Because in Joel chapter 2, the Bible says uh, the coming of the Holy Ghost uh, will lead to the capacity for vision. Your young men shall see vision and your old men shall dream dreams. That's the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. If you know God is in you, then you have the capacity that God displayed in Genesis chapter 1 to look at something that is shapeless, that is, you know, void, that is dark and bad, and yet re-envision. Somebody say it's time to re-envision. Glory be to Jesus. It's time to re-envision my life. It's time to re-envision my family. It's time to re-envision my marriage. It's time to re-envision my finances. And then re-envision my business. Re-envision my career. Are you still here this morning? The truth is that a visionary doesn't see things the way they are, but the way they can be. Yeah. That's how a visionary sees things. Not the way they are, but the way they can be. All through 2018, somebody may be listening to me this morning. Somebody, part of the online church, you, you have seen everything around you the way they are, but because of maybe the pain, the hurt, you lost the capacity to see them the way they can be. For somebody, maybe because of multiple disappointments, so you've lost the capacity to see your life or see an aspect of your life not the way they are, but the way they can be. Any Dick, Tom, and Harry can see things the way they are. You don't need skill. <laughs> Neither do you need grace to see things the way they are. You don't need any special ability to see things the way they are. Yeah. I'm standing in front of you right now. <laughs> uh, what's my height again? Maybe 5'10 or so. Something like that. <laughs> Why are you second guessing my height? It's my height, it's not your own. <laughs> you know, this is, this is what you see. That's what I'm saying. See the frame, you know, and this nice, yeah, outfit. Yeah. You don't need any special capacity rather than physical sight to see this. But if this is all you see of me, Ah. Your journey is far. <laughs> this is all that. It's the same thing. Can you. What you are trying to do to me, can you do it to yourself? That's what I'm trying to say this morning. Can you re envision yourself? Yeah. Take it beyond this height, this shape, this, you know. Take it beyond that. Take it deeper. Because with the Holy Ghost. On your inside, God has given you the capacity to see things not the way they are, but the way they can be. Yeah. The future can only be delivered appropriately when we choose to see things today, not the way they are, but the way they can be. Yeah. It means that we are redefining the future rather than leaving the future to chance. I will say together. Yeah. You know, it's possible for you to be praying about a future that you have not defined. And that prayer may not really hit the bull's eye. That's, and that's how many people pray. You know, I said we are connecting all the messages of this month with what we're doing in January. Yeah. It's time for somebody to unclutter your mind and begin to see, you know, 
re-envision your relational life, your spiritual life, <clears throat> your vocational life, your marital life. So can you reimagine the different aspects of your life in a different or better way? That's what I'm talking about this morning. In a different or better way. We said God started the whole business of, you know, making this health a place that works. Look, all of us, over 7 billion of us now, we're trying to preserve this planet. Yeah. We're trying, I mean, a lot of campaigns, we're throwing a lot of money at the Green Revolution, you know, and all that, just to preserve it. But is, when, what he saw before, we couldn't live inside it. But he saw it a different way, and then something changed. And then it became a place where he, can, he could create man and put man there. Can you re-envision your marriage so that it can become a safe place for children to live in? I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Because what God saw, I'm speaking to somebody here this morning, your, your home may be a shapeless, void, and formless kind of situation. Darkness covered the face of the deep. But it did not stop God. If it didn't stop God in Genesis 1, what you have now is too small for God to turn around. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying this morning? Yeah. Because if you get into a new year, in this depressed, discouraged, you know, feeling constrained and overpowered by situations and circumstances, way, you will not make the best out of 2019. So as we start our spiritual and emotional preparation towards 2019, we need to start from the place of re-envisioning everything. You see, to re-envision appropriately, apart from engaging the power of God, you have to give yourself the freedom to dream and see things differently. Yeah. This being, feeling too constrained. You know, some people are constrained by their salary. You dream only just based on Resources available. Don't pass your boundary. That's what I'm just, your dream must be constrained. You see, your action to some extent may be constrained by the resources at your disposal, but your dream should not. Because it's the dream, the re-envisioning of today that redefines tomorrow. It's double jeopardy for someone to be constrained in your mind, at the same time be constrained in the outward things that you do. Yeah. In fact, my own suggestion is, don't be constrained inside. Be carefully constrained outside. How do I mean? So, if I want a house, I'm not constrained to go to the realtor and have conversations. I hope you understand what I'm saying. And check out what it's like and what kind of opportunities are available and what kind of payment plans are available. I may be constrained to get in because maybe I don't have the cash to pay down, but I'm not constrained about other things. And it starts from not being constrained in my mind. I'm being able to re-envision my life as far as real estate investment is concerned, for instance, just using that as an example. Yeah. I need to be able to re-envision. 
I need to be able to re-envision it. Bible, again, in, in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, and we're going to pray from, 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 from there a bit this morning. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, when you read verse 9 to 10, Jabez refused to be constrained. He re-envisioned his life. The Bible says now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And it's in, in, in verse 9, yeah, verse 9 of 1 Chronicles chapter 4. It says now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. That means he, was, he, was, he wasn't doing badly. And his mother called his name Jabez, which literally means born in sorrow or son of sorrow, to put it in Nigerian context. You can just say son of sorrow. Yeah. Because we don't play with words like that. If his sorrow is there, we'll just name you by it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be saying, I born you in sorrow. I born, they will just, if it's this context, son of sorrow. Simple. So that was the name that Jabez had been bearing. Can you imagine going to school, primary school? I don't know about you. Back in the day, we take register. Yeah. Say son of sorrow, present man. Yeah. Did you go to public school back in the day? Yeah. We take register. Yeah. And you can just imagine what it, do, what it did to him. Just hearing that. It was constraining, it was limiting his capacity to re-envision his life without pain. Because he was causing pain, he was causing son of sorrow. So he was causing pain. His life was making some progress. The Bible says he was more honorable than his brothers, but there are certain constraints in certain areas of his life. Now, uh, the Bible says, And Jabez called on the name of the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. This is re-envisioning his life. It means that I've experienced a level of blessing, but there is indeed blessing. I call it HD blessing, high definition blessing. Yeah, that was what Jabez was praying for. Yeah. The kind of blessing that I don't have to explain is high definition. You see it. Yeah. <laughs> you just see it. You know, there's blessing is working here. If you walk past, you just see blessing. There's blessing here. Yeah. The only thing you can do is to ask for the source of the blessing. But that the blessing is not there, you can't second guess it. That's what Jabez was praying for. I don't know what you're praying for this morning or what you're, what you're going to be praying for for 2019, but this is an idea of what I'm talking about. Re-envisioning your life and saying, Lord, you've done a lot for me, but there's still indeed blessing. There's still HD blessing. Yeah. And Jabez was looking at the other constraint in his life, for instance, this area of causing pain and causing sorrow. I also wanted to stop. So he said, Oh, that you bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand will be with me, and that you will keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So the Bible says, So God granted him what he requested. May the Lord grant you your request. In the name of Jesus. So we need to understand that it's time to re envision. What does victory means to you? Jabez said, this is what victory means to me. What does next level, you know a lot of times we'll, we'll pray for next level. What does next level mean to you? Have, have, you, have you been able to define your next level? It's re-envisioning that takes you to a place where you are putting your next level in context. You know, in my language, uh, um, when you're praying, in Yoruba language, there's one prayer that says, Shegunfu, Shegun, Shegunfu, Shegun. You know, uh, Shegunfu, Shegun means give victory to victor. Literally. Yeah. 
But the problem is that victor has not defined what victory is. <laughs> so you are saying, Shegun for Shegun. <laughs> Let me not go there this morning. <laughs> Without appropriately saying, Lord, this is what victory means to me in the next phase. In the next 12 months or 24 months or 48 months, this is what victory will mean to me. On the short and medium term, this is what victory means to me. This is, this is what it means for you to, to conquer for me. Jabez said, look, I put it in context. I want pain out of my life. I don't want to be that son of sorrow who is always giving pain. Though I'm making a little progress. I put it in context. I want my marriage to change. I put it in context. What does change mean in my marriage? Can I re-envision? I mean, there was a time in the first like five years of our marriage that our marriage was like Genesis 1 and verse 1 and 2. Yeah. Everything was like upside down. I mean, I'm not saying it behind my wife. She's here this morning. Yeah. To even talk, normal conversation was a problem. Yeah. It was a problem. And I was a pastor. <laughs> Laugh at me, please. Laugh. <laughs> it's okay. I was a pastor. Everything was just upside down, you know. But it got to a point where you can look at that kind of marriage and say, this will lead to inspirational dissatisfaction. Yeah. Eight years ago when this church started and um, we were in a seventh year of marriage, our marriage was a lot better because after the fifth year, we actually started to get ourselves together a bit more based on a lot of re-envisioning. Then the pressure of starting, you know, pioneering the church came. And I remember I used to tell my wife, that was when President Obama was president of America in his first term. I used to tell my wife that Obama and Michelle, they, don't, they are not fighting you. And they just took over America. This is just a church of 100 people. <laughs> this pressure, <laughs> we have to re-envision this thing. It, there has to be a way for it to work. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. There has to be a way for it to work. There has to be a way for it to that's, Except you choose to re-envision, you always look for a way out, and sometimes the way out is a way out of the path of destiny. Not everyone that is divorced today is, is in the will of God to divorce. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Some people just chicken out. Some people are on a business, not because the business is not God's will for their lives, but because they are, un, they are willing to re-envision the business and then take up their threshold for pain. When you re-envision what happens to your threshold for pain, it goes up. The Bible says, Looking unto Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, <laughs> despise the shame. You see, when you, when you, the joy, when you look, when you re-envision, and you see something greater ahead of you, you can endure the pain of today. That's why Paul said, our light affliction, which is just but for a moment, is working for us and exceeding an eternal weight of glory. We can borrow strength from tomorrow when we have seen a better tomorrow. And then we endure the pain of today. Say amen, somebody. That's how it works. That's how it works. That's the only way you will not shut down that business. That's the only way you will not 
shut down the marriage. That's the only way you will not just walk out of that relationship. Yeah. That's the only way you won't allow the devil to, you know, push you to lose your mind. Or become so depressed you can't come out of your room. You don't wake up until 11 a.m., 12 noon. Yeah. I've not been picking anybody's call. You are not the only one that lived through 2018. All of us did. Praise God. <laughs> Can you hear me tell your neighbor, say, all of us lived through 2018. Yeah. And it's the same 2018, especially if you live in Nigeria. Yeah. Are you still with me today? So you, you, you can't, <laughs> you can't make it look like, the, the Bible says that it's the same affliction, you know, for all your brethren around the world especially when you live in the same context. I'm just trying to encourage somebody this morning. It's time to truly re-envision. Re-envision your life. So refuse to be limited by life's options and envision another route to success, another route to progress, another route to the fullness of the will of God for your life. Many of us know that uh, back in the day when you do maybe preparing for common entrance or any of those, they, they, they used to give especially those objective questions, they will now give answers, A, B, C, D. For you to be able to pick the right answer, you have to re-envision the entire context. Am I saying the truth? Sometimes you go back to the compression passage and look through it again and just think through it and say, this is, this, this is the right option. When you feel so limited by option A, you have not read the rest. You say option A is the answer. That's the way some of us are living right now. That's where we're living right now. That is what is happening to us even in Nigeria. We're refusing to look at other options. A mono-economic model, a mono-political model, because the same set of politicians calling the shot and running the show. And some of us now, they've given us fake options, and we're celebrating it. <laughs> I don't want to be too political with this message. Yeah. We're celebrating it. We're celebrating. It's, it's, that is not objective. You understand what I'm saying? What they have given. <laughs> I hope somebody's getting what I'm saying today. See, it is witchcraft working in the life of a person if a person cannot think outside of the box. Yeah, that is the, the simplest expression of the operation of witchcraft. Paul, writing to the Galatians, said, Who has bewitched you? that you won't be able to think differently as somebody who is in Christ and who is supposed to enjoy freedom on your mind to re-envision your life and see things differently. Yeah. Anything that will stop me from thinking outside of the box, looking at new possibilities, re-envisioning my life, is already bewitching my mind. Yeah. It's already bewitching my mind. So the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, when you read from verse 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 9 down to 12, said, but it is written, I had not seen, nor he had, nor have entered into the heart of man the things that God, which God has prepared for those who love him. What does this look like? This looks like big options. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. It looks like that's, you know, it looks like option A, B, C, D, A, E, F, G, H. Yeah. But says, I had not seen, 
nor hear her, nor have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. It's like saying, huh? God has a buffet for you. If you stay here, you won't be able to come into here. It's like going for a party, you are truly hungry, but you only stay in the appetizer area. And they're saying, this is a three-course buffet in, you know, three different kind of menu. Continental, uh, help me, help me. Nigerian dish, Chinese, uh, different, and they have different, and it's all, and you just stay at the dessert point of one. You're just there, just, uh, uh, just eating. Yeah. And they say, ah, ah, please now, they're, they're, they don't let it waste. There are, that's the way some people's life look right now. Because it's just for you to turn and re-evolution. Yeah. Just turn and, you know what God did to Abraham in Genesis 15? Abraham was complaining to God. I'm going to come back to this, 1 Corinthians 9. Abraham was complaining to God in Genesis 15. Hey, God, what will you now do? Seeing that I go childless, and uh, Genesis 15 and verse 1, can you put it up? And uh, says, after all these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, do not be afraid. Um, your shield, an exceeding great reward. And what it was, Abraham's response. That's how some people are responding here this morning. And Abraham said, Lord, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? And the hell of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. I didn't give back to him, just uh, my servant. Should I adopt him? You know, and all that. And, and then <laughs> God started to speak, speak to, to Abraham, verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came to Abraham. Uh, he said, the, the, the one that is the, your, the, that shall be your hair is not this, Eliezer of Damascus. Then, verse 5, God brought him out. It's like God said, don't stay with appetizer. Let's face Yeah. God brought him out and said, look now towards heaven. Count all the stars. Are you able to number them? You know? He said to him, so shall your descendants be. Just re-envision your life in the different areas that are available. Yeah. In this area of having a child, God told Abraham, I have possibilities for you. Great, you just need to see it differently. You need to re-envision your life. And when we go back to, to 1 Corinthians uh, 2 from, from verse 9, the Bible says the things that God has, has not entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him, just like he did to Abraham. But the Bible says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man that is in him? said, even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received. Somebody say, I have received. Say it again, say, I have received. Say, not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God. I have received the spirit who is from God. And that's where we started from. I said, if you have the Holy Spirit, you have the capacity to re-envision your life. Yeah. But the spirit who is from God, that we may know the things which have been freely given to us by God. That we may know the things. So, having received the spirit which is from God, I can connect with things that have been freely given by God. It starts from my spirit, from my capacity to re-envision my life. I can start to see some things differently. I can look into 2019 and see some things differently. And those things that I'm seeing are the things that I turn to prayer. Like Jabez saw that there is indeed blessing, there's enlargement of territory, and it's possible for God to make him an agent 
of joy and peace, not of sorrow. Meaning that sorrow has trailed his life all this while. Yeah. Jabez was the kind of person that will, can, can, can have a breakthrough in business, but he will have broken many people's legs. Yeah. He was causing sorrow. He was more honorable than his brothers, but sorrow was trailing his life. Jabez said, no, I, I want to be, I, I can re-envision my life making even bigger progress without causing anybody pain. Without causing any pain. Have you caused somebody pain in 2018? Re-envision your life. You can make much more progress without causing anybody pain. Yeah. Without causing anybody pain. Say amen to somebody. Amen. So what are you incubating? What are you pregnant with? It's time to get excited with new vision. New visions. It's time to get excited with new vision. Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18 says, While we behold faintly as in the glass, the glory of God, he said, We're changed, we're transformed from one level of glory to another. But it's what we behold. It's what we behold. I want you to stand this morning. It's what we behold. We're going to pray. It's time to pray. It's what we behold. He told us we're going to be praying, worshiping more in the month of December in our services. Try to make the messages shorter and so we can pray a bit more. And with that, we launch ourselves into the beginning of a year that is going to be the most fantastic year of your life so far. Amen. I cannot hear your amen. amen. Can you hear me tell your neighbor, say, it's time to see something differently. Say, I want to see something differently. Lift up your two hands to Jesus this morning. Say, Holy Spirit, breathe upon my heart. Breathe upon my heart. Breathe upon my heart. Breathe upon me, my emotions. Breathe upon my heart. Breathe upon 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 my emotions. When somebody asks, Holy Spirit, help me to declutter my mind. Please.